You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. the Screamcast episode 153. I am Sean DeRager and holy shit, hold on to your pants, drop your drawers, put your shoes on backwards. Brad Henderson has joined us. What's up, man? It's it's uh, good to be back, back home. I was channeling Mike Delaney for a split second because I've been listening, listening to too much of uh, Soft Pod. You were at, in Austin, Texas... Uh, at South by Southwest. Today, we will be specifically running down all 527 films that you watched during three days. Not that many. Wasn't that many. Wasn't that many. (laughs) But uh, you somehow found the time to record two SOVPOD episodes, uh, one from the Best Buy bathroom, which was pretty incredible. My favorite Best Buy bathroom, by the way. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, from a Taco Bell parking lot. And I ate tacos. You sounded like you had a cold both days. But, you know, I'm glad you found the time to do that, even though you gave us the cold shoulder, Brad. It's, uh, it's going to be fine. I, um, I was not feeling well, but I, I powered through the episodes. Um, and I'm, 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 happy, I'm happy that it happened. If you haven't checked out episodes 9 and 10 of the SOVPOD podcast, please do. The episodes are available over at thescreamcast.com. You can find them there. Or you can just uh, go to thesovpod.com and it leads you straight to those episodes. Or you can find them on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever the hell you use to listen to podcasts. But we're not talking about the SOVPOD today. No, we are on the Screamcast, and Brad has graced us with his presence. I've missed you, Brad, so much. I've missed being on here. I, I felt like I, I left the Screamcast. <laughs> like we were having a fight. <laughs> we somehow powered through. Uh, Stephanie and I had two episodes by ourselves. We were both scared shitless. When recording, but I think we we did our we did our best, and I think we her and I have found our groove. Um, so I know BJ was able to join us. I think once I can't remember. Like it's so hard to get four people together for each episode. Uh, I'm just happy when we, we can at least do an episode when at least there's two of us. So thank all of you for putting up with all that. Um, well, I think that this one, we might have three people because if you hear panting, it's not me being out of breath. It's actually my dog. <laughs> there you go. So there might be a light panting you might hear through the episode, but um, that's just jazz being being cute. When Charlie's in the room, you'll hear snorting uh, or barking. So we've the we've snorting had extra you, members. Sean. You know it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You know that's out of the bag. All right, man. Um, Let's let's talk about South by Southwest. You and Ash went down, yep. and Ash wrote a couple articles on the on the website over at thescreamcast.com. Ash Varner, 
It's so it's funny when people call him Ash because here, here's the thing about about Ashley. I say Ash. That, I'm not sure. Well, has, that's so fine. No, because be. everybody he introduces himself like that. So when <laughs> okay. I first met Ashley, Ashley was Ashley. So, but everybody that I know that knows him like outside of me, uh, and then when he introduces himself, he goes by Ash, and he also mm-hmm. goes by like Dean. That's his, right. as, you know, Ashley Dean Barn or whatever. So, but it's, um, it, it's hard for me to like, when people say Ash or Dean, I just like, I was like, that's not his name. It's Ashley. <laughs> and I, I, I like the name Ashley for a guy cause it's unique. So I've always called him Ashley. Um, but whatever, it, it's fun. Yeah. Him, uh, this is our second year. Oh, or, yeah, I'm sorry. This is his second year going, uh, accompanying me to, to South by Southwest. So he was like covering kind of the writing portion. You can read his reviews online. And, um, you know, I'll also give his opinion on, cause we definitely, uh, argued sometimes after a film. <laughs> um, you know, so I'll quickly give him his opinion. If it stood out, like, you know, if he, he, like there's one film on here that I know that he really, really liked that I was, uh, angry at after i saw um but anyways yeah he accompanied me the entire time i think we saw pretty much every film uh together we kind of have a similar taste in a way um but i think he also trusts me a little bit more trying to gauge what to see and uh what not you know maybe to skip because it's coming out soon um or it's something massive like ready player one um which i'm glad we skipped that to see the movie that we did but anyways yeah so it's when uh, they do big movies like that because it's like at the time it was like well just wait a couple of weeks you'll be able to see it you know and I guess well it's not only that it's just that whenever they did the same thing with uh you know uh Fast Six when I right. think it was Fast Six when it came out which I really wanted to see so they pit them up against smaller films which is completely unfair like if they would put you know Ready Player One against you know Blockers or something else that was a, a bigger film, eh, then that makes sense. But they uh, they did that with Fast 6. They It wasn't even announced on the original schedule. It was announced during the fest, and it pitted up against We Are Still Here, the Ted Gagan movie, which you know I went to go see that instead. And then they did the same thing with uh, Ready Player One. They pitted up against Hereditary, which it wasn't really against it, I should say. It was just that they put Ready Player One, I think, at um, at like ten o'clock or nine nine thirty, somewhere around there. Well, first off, you have a long line at the Paramount, which is going to be takes forever to get in and get everybody seated, and the movies never ever start on time. Plus, it was pretty obvious that Steven Spielberg was going to be there, which he was. <laughs> Um, right. But then, you know, this was clear across town. This is at the Paramount. And then the movies that were playing, the smaller movies were playing at like Lamar, which is, you know, where Fantastic Fest goes down, you know, South Lamar. So the movie that was playing one time, it was a smaller movie. Um, they, <laughs> people wouldn't be able to make it in time. And plus, you would have 1,600 people trying to flock to come see it, if they all wanted to see it, of course, which I'm not saying everybody in that theater wanted to see it. But, um, you know, it was Hereditary that was playing, which turned out to be my favorite movie um, of South By and also probably one of my favorite. It will be my number one for the year. It's almost one of those things where I can guarantee, like, I don't think anything is going to beat it. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, to, to start off, uh, I think I'm going to run these through the way I saw them at uh, at South By, maybe. Okay. I think that's how I have them listed. I'm not 100% sure. I'm just going, going off my notes here. <laughs> so um, first and foremost, which a film that comes out, I think, uh, uh, this coming Friday or next next Friday, I can't remember, is uh, uh, John Krasinski, uh, Jim Halpert's The Quiet Place, uh, or A Quiet Place, I guess it's called. Um which it, you know, it was it was a great way to start off uh, South by, which I was really happy about uh, because it was a horror film that was opening South by Southwest. Nice. This is the opening night film, which is incredible, which is so fun to have a genre picture open a major festival that isn't really a genre festival, um, which I was just blown away that they opened it with it. I was really excited to see it. Um, mainly because Jim Halpert is, I'm just going to call him Jim Halpert the whole time. (laughs) Calling him John Krasinski is so stupid. That's not his name. So anyways, (laughs) like Jim Halpert writing, directing and starring, writing, directing, starring in a genre picture, um, which was just insane to me to, to think that Jim Halpert would do this. Um, and here's the thing I was a little, uh, you know, this is spoiler free. Of course, I'm not going to spoil anything, uh, for, for, for any of these films. Um, but I was really curious of seeing the film because I was like, okay, if Jim Halpert is making a genre movie, there's got to be something to it. Like, it's got to be some M. Night Shyamalan stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? So I was really apprehensive about seeing the film, I, honestly, because I was like, I really want to see it. But if this turns out to be some type of drama like in the brain things are happening but it's not really happening i was really worried about that but i think now people have known that it really is a creature feature which i was really happy about and i don't was watch so this trailer is what i'm being told if you want to be if you don't if you don't want to see if you want to be surprised on the creature design i guess yeah yeah i, I would i would definitely want to you know the creature and that's another thing i was like okay because i was i was in line this is the first time i've ever done this like I was in line with um, with uh, Jacob Knight and Meredith Borders and and Ashley. We were standing all together, just talking because we had like three hours to kill because we were there early. We, you know, you got to make sure you get in because this movie's going to be packed. So we got there like two hours, th- two or three hours early. Um, so we had plenty of time to chat and everything, and we started talking about it. I was like, man, if it turns out to be some type of like psychological stuff, I'm going to be totally bummed because I don't want that. With, with this movie, I, I really, I was being selfish about it. I was like, I don't want that. So I'm like scrolling through IMDb, trying to find creature design people that were uh, credited on the film. And finally I saw creature design and I was like, oh shit. Okay, there's something. There's some type of creature. But I hope it's not in like some psychological thing, like how Monster was. You know, mm-hmm. um, spoiler alert, but that movie's been out for like two years. <laughs> um, so... But it, it turns out to be a creature feature, and it's a blast. It's a fun family blast, and it's uh, you know people were harping on the PG thirteen. You don't even know this movie's PG thirteen. It doesn't come across as that. And plus, PG thirteen movies that are horror films kind of kick ass. Um, oh yeah, I mean, that's the, the past few PG thirteen horror films that I've seen. You know, other than the kind of the cash grab, uh, you know, moneymaker ones that pop up. But I mean, a lot of the like the whole insidious uh, quadrilogy now uh, is PG thirteen. Those I, I'm still an apologist for those films. I love those movies. 
and they're scary as shit, and they're all PG-13. Uh, the Ring. Come on, man. It was PG-13. The Ring kicks yeah. ass. Still to this day, it rocks the house. So anyways, uh, you know, great performances. Emily Blunt's great. The kids are fantastic. The creature design's really well done. You know, I know that we kind of, you know, are like, oh, practical stuff. There is some practical stuff, but I mean, it's a lot of CG uh, creatures and it's because of how they move. Um, you know, they're very fast and stuff like that, but the, it looks really good. It doesn't look cheesy. It doesn't look corny. Um, it's got a great idea for not using a soundtrack, which is, <laughs> you know, uh, very brave. Uh, there is a score in the, in the film. There is there is music, but there's a lot of times where there isn't. And it really works. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's definitely going to be a big crowd pleaser. Now, whether it's saying it's a wonderful movie or great movie, P- I think people uh, people really like it. I was kind of like, oh, that's fun. You know, I had a yeah. really, really good time with the movie. Um, and that's all I'll say. Um, people, however, are very obsessed with this movie, and that's fine. Um, you, you know, people like what they like. Uh, next up was um one of my favorite movies of the festival uh it's called relaxer now uh relaxer is not for everybody i'll say that right now it's directed by i think his name's john uh patricus something like anyways he directed a movie called uh buzzard that was in 2014 and he also has a movie called the alchemist cookbook well, anyways, Buzzard is one of my favorite films of that year. Uh, this guy is able to take take like Napoleon Dynamite, The Greasy Strangler, and Tim, er- Tim and Eric's awesome show and put them in a blender, but tone down the craziness. And that's what this guy does. So Relaxer is uh, a one-location movie where two brothers are playing video games. He challenges them to beat the Pac-Man, or uh, no, is it yeah, Pac? Is it Pac-Man or Donkey Kong? Pac-Man challenge. He basically it's a whole thing of challenges. Like I challenge you to do the milk challenge, you know, or I challenge you to do this, and he challenges them to sit on the couch and stay there and not even get up to piss to beat Billy Mitchell's Pac-Man top score. Wow. Um, and that's kind of what happens. And that I'll leave it at that. It's gross. It's weird as shit. Um, but it, it's really good. If you've seen Buzzard, then you kind of know. Uh, Buzzard, to give you, it, it's actually the lead that's in Relaxer's lead in Buzzard. Um, to give you an idea what Buzzard's like, uh, this lowlife kind of piece of shit guy, he finds a way to take these checks that are kind of, I forget, is it like it's not overdrafts, but it's uh, kind of um, I don't know where the check like where there's balances on these checks that he gets that are very low amounts, but he gets a lot of them, so he cashes them and he's able to have some extra spending money that no one's going to notice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he ends up getting in some trouble. He makes he grabs the Nintendo Power Glove and he makes a Freddy glove out of it as his weapon. <laughs> And it's just, it gets really weird. But anyways, uh, I would suggest watching Buzzard, Alchemist Cookbook, and uh, his new movie, Relaxer. If you like weird shit like that, then it's definitely up your alley. Um, next was a documentary, World Beneath Your Feet. It's about a, um, uh, a guy, Matt Green, who has a website 
uh, called I Just Walk or something like that. And basically, he walked every block in New York City uh, and took him like four years to do it or something like that. And basically, it's just a documentary of him walking uh, every block in New York, every street, everywhere he could, and uh, taking pictures and documenting it. He doesn't have a home. He doesn't have a job. Uh, He was an engineer, so he's not like some kind of crazy person. He was an engineer who made some money, and he just got tired of working, and he just wanted to sightsee. So he documented this entire thing. Uh, It's pretty interesting. It is what it is. Um, and it's a, you know, he's a very charismatic guy, likable. So it's easy. It, it's an easy watch and it's short. Um, but yeah, a de- decent documentary. It doesn't really shed any light on anything. It's just about this guy. You know, there's no really uh, narrative or purpose. It's just him trying to accomplish something. So, uh, next up was unlovable. Um, a lot of actually, you know, once we get into this, I'll mention that there's a lot of films, uh, directed, by women that played at South by, which was another cool thing. Uh, Hubble is one of those films. It has it stars, um, John Hawks. Uh, it's this woman who is, uh, a sex, a sex addict recovering, or she is, a, she's trying to recover. So she goes to like these AA meetings and stuff like that. And she's trying to uh, be a better person because she's like cheating on her boyfriend. She's just having a really hard time um, dealing with, uh, this addiction. So she tries to seal herself off from, uh, the world. And she goes to these AA meetings and this, uh, person that we uh, like a sponsor, a girl, that's woman that sponsors her had the same issue. She goes, you know what? You just need to cut everything off. Go live with my, um, my, my mother. She has this, uh, uh, kind of, um, uh, what do you call like a side house on a, like if you have a house and then you have like a building to the next next of it, it's like a garage slash apartment. What do you call know, those I'm things? Not, uh, I'm not rich enough to consider that. But I know so, you're talking anyways. about though. <laughs> yeah, so a name, sure, there is a specific so, name for it. But so I, ba- she, she has this like side apartment, you know, thing going on. Uh, I feel stupid not be able to think of the name of it. But anyways, <laughs> uh, so she has this like little cottage like thing that she lives in, and then um, uh, the woman the sponsors. Uh, the, the woman is a sponsor. She has a brother that also ta- lives there that takes care of the mother. And that's played by John Hawks. And he's has a little bit of issues. Um, you know, not like hardcore psychological. There might be some, like some ass Asperger's there or some sort of autism, um, but very like fully functional, like uh, autism. So he, he basically just lives there and takes care of the mom um, and she has this relationship and friendship with him, with him that kind of helps her in a way. Um, it's very kind of, it's cute. It's weird seeing John Hawks kind of in a, a cute role <laughs> and rather than being kind of a hard hitting, like, you know, <laughs> low life or badass or someone is extremely intimidating. Like I find like when John Hawks puts on his intimidating shit, oh, he yeah. is a scary motherfucker. Like yeah. in, uh, um, Martha Macy May Marlene. He's terrifying in that. Um, but anyways, it, it's a fun, fun little cute movie. It's going to probably be one of those like Netflix things. I could see that being a, a hit on Netflix. So, so we'll see the, the status of that movie. I'll try to keep you upgraded I, or upgraded, updated. 
There's a movie called Upgrade I was staring at, and I was like, oh, shit. Um, next up, this one's for you, Sean. I think you'd really like this. Uh, for all the heavy metal fans, uh, you know, black metal, death metal, there's a movie called Heavy Trip. Um, it's uh, from Finland. It's the first uh, Finland heavy metal movie, which is oh, a nice. joke because, I mean, how many movies do they produce and how many are going to be heavy metal? <laughs> so it's uh, this uh, band who has – you know, but basically just these garage dudes, you know, a garage band that, are, that is trying to make it, that's trying to play at this, uh, this, uh, kind of this black metal death metal show that happens in, in Finland. And it's, uh, basically them just trying to get there and, um, creating a band and <laughs> being popular in their community. And they're called impaled rectum is their, yes. uh, black, black metal name. Um, the music's great. It's got a great soundtrack. Uh, the, the original music for the movie is really fun. Um, so really good black metal there. Um, but yeah, it, it's a fun, fun little movie. Um, next up was Elizabeth Harvest. <sighs> How do you talk about Elizabeth Harvest without giving it away? Um, Carla Gugino, 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 however you say it. She's amazing actress. She's very pretty. She's in it. Um, it's got the girl that was the, uh, the one that was pregnant, I believe in, in Mad Max, uh, Fury road. I think she was also in neon demon. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyways, she's, she's the lead in it. And, uh, it's, it's a woman that wakes up and she's married and she doesn't really know her past that well. And her husband is an older gentleman who's really not known what he does in life, but he gives her all this. She lives in this huge house. He says, all these rooms are yours. You can have anything. These, all these clothes are for you. These diamonds, this jewelry, blah, blah, blah. But he has one condition. He says, you cannot enter this one room in the house by any circumstances. Um, and there you go. That's the plot of the movie. Uh, you can't really, I can't really talk about anything else because it would just give stuff away. Um, it's not that great. Mm. So I will just say that. But it's not for everybody. Um, it was hard to find anybody that really enjoyed the film. It looks good. Um, it sounds good. The acting is really good. Um, but that's about all it's got going for it, I <laughs> guess. Um, so, uh, next up was, oh, Upgrade. Uh, Lee Wynell's uh, Upgrade. So, of course, we talked about Insidious. Lee, Lee Wynell, I, I love Lee Wynell. I love his films. I, I, I love his, uh, I love how he brings back kind of like old school stuff. You know, with with Saw and Insidious, and even like something like The Mule that he uh, that he wrote with his buddy Angus Sampson. Um, I, I just I love I love his style. So he has this new sci-fi um, horror film called Upgrade. It stars uh, Logan. Is it Logan? Basically, Tom Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the guy that looks like Tom Hardy. It's Lo- Logan Michael Green. He's plays in the invitation. He's the lead in the invitation. Okay. Um, he looks, I it, like. It's hard to believe it's not fucking Tom Hardy. I'm watching the invitation at one South by. I was like, is this 
Tom Hardy is Tom Hardy in this movie? <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, Logan, I, I know his name's Logan Green. I can't, he goes, he has like a th- three namer, but anyways, um, he, it's set in the future. He is a, um, he restores old cars and he gets into an, uh, an accident one night and he is given a certain gift after that because he finds out there's some crazy shit that happened that night and maybe wasn't just an accident. They were targeted and he is given an upgrade. Um, it's something that goes into his body and makes him be able to kick some ass. And it's a very like kind of lo-fi action film, a lot of fun, uh, very energetic. So I'm kind of excited to see what people, uh, think about this one. Um, Next up, uh, another one of my favorite uh, films of the festival. This was also directed by um, by a woman. Um, was a shotgun. Uh, the, I think people mainly know. Uh, I, I always forget how to say her name. Is it Makaya Monroe? Is it Makaya? It's like M A K I A. Makia. Sure. She's from It Follows and Independence Day too. Yeah, I, I always pronounce you know in the guest. Yeah. So anyways, uh, she, she's the lead in this, uh, such an amazing, beautiful movie. Um, it doesn't do the romantic silly tropes. Um, it's a rated R, uh, love story, which, you know, you don't get a lot of, you get these like PG love, lovey dovey things. So shotgun is, um, uh, McKay Monroe. She works for like a toothpaste advertisement company. Um, and she meets this one guy who's, make sandwiches like at a sandwich shop or whatever. Um, and, uh, he, uh, he meets, he meets her and he immediately just kind of just goes all out saying, Hey, I want to take you out. And she's like, Oh, you know, this is a, a man who's weird backs off. Um, but he's very charming and he's not really, you know, pushy, or broish, I guess you could say, but he is kind of a bro at, 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 at like heart. It's kind of it's kind of weird how <laughs> how they use it. Like you know, it's it's it, like there's people like that, heart. right? But like it's not he's not uh, he's not rapey. Put it that way. He's not like a rapey bro. <laughs> so um, uh, they meet, and then he uh, you know she knows where he works, so she goes in there. Um, and he's he's not there in the day because he's at a doctor's appointment, and he finds out that he has cancer, um, a bad cancer. So she um, leaves. Oh man, I got so emotional during this movie. I get emotional just talking about it. Um, she leaves the number for him and says, "Hey, I stopped by." So he immediately calls her, but then he's also having the worst day of his life where he's diagnosed with this terrible cancer. Um, which all cancer is terrible, but this one is in a little bit in particular because it's very rare and they don't know what to do. Um, so it's him friending this woman and being, becoming, you know, uh, love of each other's life, um, in this, uh, time of need and, you know, terrible, terrible times. Um, yeah, it's so good. It's, it's very real, the relationships are real. The conversations are real. Um, the subject is very real. Uh, it sounds more of a cl- cliche plot when you put it out like that. Like guys dying, finds out he's dying, meets girl, 
they have uh, their life, uh, you know, this mm-hmm. this this time span. But it doesn't hit any cliches, though. That's the cool part. Um, it every turn of the film is unexpected, and that's what I really adored about it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a beautiful movie. Uh, just get your tissues ready. It's really heavy. Um, next up, I think this is on Netflix now. It's called Six Balloons. It's got Dave Franco in it. Uh, this other other uh, lady, I can't remember her name, but um, she is married. She has a birthday party going on. Uh, she's trying to pick up these last minute things. She goes to pick up her brother, um, who's played by Dave Franco, and she picks him up. Um, he has a daughter. And he, she realizes that on the drive back to the party, when they're still trying to get the food and the cake, is that he is um, he's having withdrawals because he's a heroin addict, and he hasn't had any in a, a, a couple days, and he's going to basically die. So she, um, you know, because you just can't stop cold turkey with that stuff. You need to go, you know, rehabilitate. So she takes him to kind of this rehabilitation uh, center to drop him off, and they can't take it because these insurance issues. So she just has this wild night of trying to save his life, but also kind of this bonding relationship between the two of them. Um, really sad, uh, you know, really kind of depressing movie but also and it's dirty at times like it's it's you know because it's about drugs and fucking heroin mm-hmm. but it has a lot of heart it's really really good so I, I highly suggest it um next up was uh wildling which stars uh Liv tyler and brad dorif i was so amped to see this movie um the plot basically is this this uh, this man who has this child uh, captive who is protecting her from um, this creature that lives out in the woods called the wildling that eats children and he she can't go outside or she'll be eaten by the wildling. Uh, Liv Tyler plays uh, the sheriff in the town. Brad Dorf plays uh, the father, of course. Um. I can't really say much about it because it kind of like gives things away. Uh, (laughs) You just find out she grows old. She's older and she gets out. And then she realizes that things aren't exactly what he is saying they are, but there's something else going on. So there you go. Uh, But it's not, it's not good. It's, it's not, it's not a good movie. It, it, it looks good. It sounds good. Um, I think it will be one of those kind of like Netflix movies that pop up again that you just watch and you're like, oh, okay, that's fine. Um, another movie that I, man, I love the plot of this movie. I love the action, but the movie's just not good. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's, uh, Agent. It's basically, uh, uh, based off, uh, uh, a manga. Um, it is... So basically, it's in the world, there are these things called agents, which uh, they're called uh, demi-humans. A demi-human can't die, and there's only a few in the entire world, and there's uh, two known ones in Japan. This guy gets into a car accident, where he's riding a bike and gets hit, and um, 
it's like a really bad accident, but then he like gets up. So basically what these people could do is that as soon as they die, they come back to life. Hmm. Um, so there's two known ones in Japan. He's the third. So when they find him, they start running all these tests on him. They kill him just repeatedly. They kill him. He comes back. They kill him because they're trying to find out how to kill these things uh, without them coming back to life. Um, so what happens is that these two other agents find out and they go to save him and they break in and they rescue him. And they're like, hey, we're agents, too. We're going to kill all these people. And he's like, well, what the fuck? No, you can't kill these people. So then he turns against the other agents and they can't die. And they tr- they're trying to figure out how to kill these people. Um, it's really fucking cool, man. Like the, the fight scenes are incredible. Like when they're like when these agents are in a predicament, they'll just fucking kill themselves. Um, or they'll kill themselves in order to kill somebody else like for example like this like the the one guy has him like he's like has him um like his arms are like he grabs him from the back and he won't let go so like the agent takes the gun and puts it against his heart to shoot himself and it kills the guy behind him and then he just regenerates uh and they're also able to summon these like other demons like uh kind of looks like a mortal combat like animality <laughs> bullshit uh it it ruins the movie when they start popping out because it's like oh god fucking cgi fuck fast um it has so much potential though the fight scenes are incredible but uh it just doesn't it just doesn't work as as a as a movie um sorry agent uh, next up was Pet Names, another film that was directed by uh, a lady. Uh, Pet Names is a mumblecore movie uh, at its best. Uh, no, first time director. Mumble, Whenever I think mumblecore, I just think of people just talking like this. All the time. Well, I mean, it's like in vain of like Joe Swanberg films. So, yeah, which um, I have not seen any probably. Oh man, you see Drinking Buddies, you'd really like that. You know what? I've seen Drinking Buddies. Yeah, I like that. Well, one. There you okay. go. Right. Yeah, it's okay. kind of the same thing. Uh, just this woman takes care of her mom, decides to go on a uh, kind of a week alone out camping. Uh, she has this friend who lives down the street who isn't really doing anything. She says, hey, you want to go with me? He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And so they go camping and it's their relationship and them talking. Um, but it's it's very, you know, thought provoking. Uh, the characters are very charismatic. Like, this woman's a really good person. Like, she takes care of her mom really well. She really cares about her. But she also likes to party and have fun and stuff like that. Um, just a very sweet movie. It's it's very, very good. So I'm hoping that that pops up at some point. I think that's a movie that's really going to suffer from its release because there's no way to, like, cut a trailer to make it interesting. <laughs> like, there is really no – It's I, like, it's a movie that doesn't even have three acts, but it works. You know, um, it's just, it's, it's solely based on a relationship. Um, next up is hearts beat loud. Uh, Nick Offerman's in this, so that should sell it already. Uh, directed by, uh, Brent Healy, who did, uh, the hero a couple years ago. Um, heart beats loud. Hearts beat loud is fucking fantastic. Feel good movie of the year. Um, Nick Offerman plays a, uh, 
old musician who has started a record store. Um, he's been in business for like 20 years, having a small record store. Uh, it's putting basically uh, his his um, his daughter through college. We're going to put her through college. Uh, his wife uh, is deceased from you know a few years ago, and he's just kind of done with the store because it's not making a lot of money. Um, so he's kind of like you know rents going up. So he's just kind of done with it and he goes to his daughter and they have this he listens to some of her music because you know the music's a big thing in their life you know we're making music and all that listening to music and uh, he says let's start a band and she's like i'm going away to college i can't do that and he's like well just for a short time let's let's work on something and so it's kind of this daddy daughter uh bonding element with uh with music as a heavy influence on that uh, it's got a great soundtrack. The music that is done for this movie is outstanding. Like this, the music is like, like there's like four songs that are in, 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 um, in the film that are just outstanding. Like, I can't wait to listen to that shit again. I hope they put it on Spotify. Um, because the music's done for this movie is fantastic. It's just a very sweet, feel good movie of the year. And I think, um, you know, during the Q and A, I stayed for it with the with the director because I was very curious. Because there's a lot of uh, things in the film that kind of target what is going on today. And he just said he said he wanted you know he loves movies that have a lot of hate. He loves movies that have a lot of violence, and those movies are great. But he also wanted to make something where there's none of that, where it's just feel good because that's kind of what he believes that this world needs nice. at this time. And I really respected that, and I. You know, I can see that in the film. And, you know, I love crazy shit. I love uber-violent shit. Um, but having a movie like this on this level is just kind of bliss. It's beautiful. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, one of my one of my favorites, for sure. Uh, next up is Eighth Grade, uh, which this will kind of be a big hit. Uh, apparently, the director is well-known, like, in TV. I can't remember his name now. I know people are, like, probably screaming it listening to the show um i am not i'm not familiar with television all that much at all really uh but eighth grade is really good um if you have a teenager uh that you can relate to this if you are a teenager you can relate to this movie it's basically a girl who's just doesn't fit in who's in eighth grade who's going to ninth grade and it's dealing with uh teenager problems uh, dealing with her dad, of course, the dad has to deal with it, which is outstanding. Father, it's so well, it, like it's really well written and it's spot on. No matter what demographic, in that sense or um, uh, decade you're from, uh, being a kid is being a kid. You know, certain things like social media come into play, obviously, because it's you know takes place, you know, in in current current times. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's really kind of gut wrenching. It's it's a really fun, not so fun <laughs> movie. Uh, but I, I think that anybody that has a teenager will enjoy it, and I really think kids will enjoy it too. There was um, uh, we saw it at a later screening, so when that happens at South by, they want to fill up the theater, so they start inviting people off the street. 
Um, and there was like a bunch of kids that were in their younger teenage girls and you could just hear them squirm and laugh because they could relate so well. It was really, um, it was annoying at the, at first, but I was like, Oh, they're totally, I took, looked back and I saw their teenage girls. I was like, Oh, this makes total sense. They can relate to this movie a lot more than even I can. And I have, you know, a, a, a 12 year old going on 13. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's 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 a kind of a tough watch at times too, but it's really heartfelt. It's a really beautiful movie. So um, I wish I could think of the director's name, uh, Bob Burnham. Uh, Burnham. Was it? Here, I gotta look at it. It's called Eighth Grade. Um, here, uh, Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. He's apparently uh, here. Let's see. He's a comedian. So people know him from that. Huh. He played in the big sick. Uh, oh, he looks familiar. I, yeah. So I'm, I guess he's more of a comedian, not T, not TV show. So, um, all right, let's see. Bo Burnham. People know who he is. Uh, next up is another Netflix movie. I think this is on Netflix already. Um, it's called Legacy of a White-Tailed Deer Hunter. Um, it uh, stars uh, uh, Josh Brolin and Danny McBride. It is uh, this kind of like pseudo documentary about this, uh, you know, all-American hunter uh, played by Josh Brolin, who is uh, wanting to make this one big video of taking his son out and hunting um, a white-tailed deer. And Danny McBride is the uh, videographer, documentarian, um, who it's not really a documentary. They just make these like hunting videos. It has a lot of funny moments. Uh, Jody Hill directed it. It's, it's, I laugh really hard at certain parts of the film. Um, it's funny. It's just, it kind of loses steam a lot. Like it gets really, really fucking funny and then falls flat for like 15 minutes. And then something really fucking hysterical happens again. And then just takes a nosedive. It's a really <laughs> awkward watch because the funny moments are out that really fucking funny, but it just, it doesn't keep up the momentum. It starts off wonderfully. Like, like the first 15, 20 minutes of like, this movie is hysterical. This is really good. And then after like the 20 minute mark, it just sinks oh. and then it comes back and then sinks comes back. And it's just, it doesn't keep up. I think people will enjoy it, but as like with me, I'm not too big on comedies. So it takes a lot for me, but I've noticed that a lot of people felt the same way about it. And I thought it was just me, so I was, wasn't even going to say anything. And then a couple other people came for, like Britt Hayes and stuff like that. And they were like, oh, yeah, it's not that good. And I was like, okay, good. I'm not alone on this. Um, next up was uh, Jen, another uh, female, Jen Wexler, who is uh, kind of produces uh, Larry Fessenden in films and gets all that stuff together for him and works for Glass Eye Picks. This is her directorial debut, uh, The Ranger. Uh, kind of iconic Ooh. poster like they yeah, made. Man. It's uh, very in vain, a psycho cop looking. Um, it's punks versus a park ranger, which sounds uh, very, very fun. The movie's fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. The, look, at, look at the poster and the punks and the trailer hooked me. 
So based on those three things, does it live up to at least those expectations? It's fun. <laughs> it's okay. it's a it's a it's a it's a fun it's a fun midnight movie. Okay. All right. Um Okay. Uh, next up, <laughs> it, there's not too much to say about it because it really is just you know. It's, it's, it's uh, pretty much probably what it's probably exactly what I'm expecting, and I'll enjoy the fuck out of it. Sure. Okay, you let me know. Um, <laughs> next up is uh, Friday's Child, um, who stars. Uh, um, what's the kid's name from Ready Player One? Ty Sheridan. Don't ask me. I always confuse him with another with another uh, actor. I always I think it's Ty Sheridan. Well, I always get it confused with the writer of Sicario, which I think is Taylor <laughs> Sheridan. Uh, so, anyways, Ty ready, Sheridan. Re- ready, Ready Player One, um, kid, and um, Caleb Landry Jones, uh, Friday's Child, which is shot in like four by three. Ugh, this movie. Wait a minute, like like TV. Yeah. Okay. Um, a box. This, this, yeah, this movie. I don't even know how to say it. Friday's Child was my least favorite movie of uh, South By. Hmm. Um, it's this punk kid who gets released from this kind of juvenile delinquent thing. Uh, tries to start off his life by like having some dead end jobs just to get ahead can't get ahead um some shit goes down he meets this drug kid caleb landry jones and some shit goes down (laughs) it's not compelling at all the leads are completely irritating uh caleb landry jones is has a good performance but like it doesn't grab you it's 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 boring um, it looks weird because it's it's four by three. Um, I, Wasn't uh, what other movies have been filmed four by three? Was it was a ghost story filmed four by three? Um, was it? I don't know. I haven't watched. See, it here's yet. the thing: is that if a movie does it and you realize it, then it's doing it wrong, right? This movie is just the the reason. Like, I've seen movies in four by three. It doesn't bother me, but if it doesn't serve kind of a cinematic purpose, there's no point. And this doesn't. It's a drama. It's not shot well. It doesn't look good. It looks like it. I thought it was shot on an iPhone when I first. It started. I was like, man, this shot on iPhone, like four by three. Like, what the fuck's happening? It was moving on. I don't even know how to market that movie. We will be back with Brad's rundown of 2018's South by Southwest. But first, let's hear a word from today's sponsor. Hey, guys. I'm Tyler. And I'm Maya. And we are Murder on the Mind. Murder on the Mind. We're interested in the scary, mysterious, and horrific things that happen in everyday life. Ooh. Ooh. From serial killers to mysteries and even a good old spooky ghost story, we talk about all things creepy all the time. Weekly, and you can catch us on iTunes or wherever else you get your fine podcasts. Check us out. Murder on the Mind. Murder on the Mind. 
Next up is Galveston, which stars uh, Elle Fanning and um, Ben Foster. Uh, this movie is okay. I, 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 I wanted a little bit more out of it. Um, ben Foster plays a kind of for hire uh, for this um, a bad person, put it that way, and bad guy played by Bo Bridges, Jeff Bridges, Bo Bridges. Um, and he gets in some shit, um, escapes, find, you know, uh, saves this girl played by Elle Fanning. Um, they have this, uh, relationship, uh, together. Um, not like, not like that. Um, well, kind of, it's kind of, you know, kind of a love story at the same time, but basically him just protecting her. And, uh, that's it. It's like kind of a crime love drama. Okay. It's based off a book that was pretty well known that a lot of people like. It's fine. Um, next up was Brother's Nest. I am alone on this movie, and I think I'm the only one that didn't enjoy it. Um, it's Australian. Uh, two brothers, um, decide to kill their stepfather and make it look like a suicide. It's a comedy, dark comedy. <laughs> And a, a bunch of shit goes down. It's it's funny at times, but people love this movie a lot more than I did. So I'm probably not the one to speak about it too too much. But I will say that I'm alone. Everybody loves Brothers Nest. Um, next up is All Square, which I personally this was probably like even my maybe second favorite, third favorite of the fest. Um, has Michael Kelly in it, who people may not know who Michael Kelly is by name. You may know him by face. He's a smaller character actor, so this is his first lead. Uh, his more popular um, role is probably CJ in Dawn of the Dead, uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. He plays the uh, asshole security guard who come, kind of becomes the hero. Okay. Um, I love He's so good. He, this movie is fucking fantastic. He plays a piece of shit bookie who lives in a small town who is a bookie for a living, takes o- took over his kind of dad's business. If you don't pay up, he breaks inside your house and steals your shit. Um, but kind of a very lovable piece of shit. You know, it's a comedy. Um, and so he meets this girl one night, and he realizes that he went to high school with her, and they had sex once. And so they're both drunk. They go back to her place. Uh, they have a night together. He wakes up. She's gone. But she has a kid in the house who's like eight. And he was like, you know, just having a casual conversation with him. Um, this TV that he recently stole is hot. So he gives it to the kid as a <laughs> as like a gift. And the kid's like, hey, you want to you you wanna, you wanna, uh, watch me play ball? And you find out that Michael Kelly's character used to be a pro player for a very short time and then quit for unknown reasons, which you'll find out in the movie. Um, and so he starts like coaching the kid and he realizes the parents are really into the game. So he starts taking bets on little league games as a bookie. So it like attracts a bigger crowd because people are like, you know, instead of having 20 people having turnouts of just the parents, now strangers are coming by and taking bets on these little league games. (laughs) Um, and it's, it's, it's a hard R it's, um, it's really fucking funny. 
Uh, Michael Kelly is great. The kid's great. Um, it's just a really fun movie. It's really fucking good. And it's, uh, uh, it's direct. I, I think this is the movie directed by here. Let me look this up before I say this. Cause I don't want to sound like an idiot. Like I usually do. Um, yeah, it's directed by John Hyams, which is Peter Hyams son. But Peter Hyams is, you know, prolific director, really great. So this is, I believe this is his son's debut. Uh, really, really well done. Very funny. Uh, hard R. Uh, fucked up. Uh, really great movie. So I highly suggest it when it comes out. Um, next up is What Keeps You Alive. Um, uh, uh, directed by Colin Minihan, who is part of... Uh, I can never remember if it was the Vicious Brothers or the Butcher Brothers. I always get those two confused. Well, anyways, Colin Minahan directed, uh, him and his friend directed um, the Grave Encounters films, which are fairly popular. So Grave Encounters, Grave Encounters 2. Then they did Extraterrestrial, which I really loved. Um, and then they kind of like split. They're kind of doing their own movies, uh, like, Colin wrote Stillborn, which is just released, which I highly suggest checking out. And his friend directed it. Uh, recently, Colin did uh, The Desert Bleed, or The Desert Bleeds Red. That's Jason Hornsby's book. Um, <laughs> it Stains the Sand Red, which I covered on, um, I think, one of the first episodes, or the only episode I was on this year. Yeah. It's that it's that woman um, that is trapped in the desert and a zombie's following her. Okay. Yes. Um, so anyways, this one, what keeps you alive? It is a, uh, two women who are in love, go out into the wilderness to go camping. Some shit goes down. It is a movie of survival. Uh, really good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, strong performances, good music. So definitely a uh, thumbs up. Um, next up was weed. The people, which is a Ricky Lake produced documentary about um, marijuana and its use in the medical field. Uh, very interesting documentary. Um, a movie was kind of ruined with the Q and a, I guess I'm trying hmm. not to focus on the Q and a as part of my review for the film. Cause I think if I left and not listen to the Q and a, I would have been like, well, yeah, I'm not going to focus on it because it, it is true. I mean, I work in the medical field. I, I know that this is what works, you know, because they prescribe marijuana to many cancer patients. Uh, marijuana is actually something that can be used in a lot of things that help. Uh, it helps with, um, of course, cancer. Uh, right. You know, people are going this chemotherapy. I mean, you're putting babies on chemo and killing the kids. You know, and having the recovery from that makes them so sick. Well, these, uh, you know, if uh, if these if the marijuana is used in a certain way, like oils and everything, it can really help um, with the cancer. It can minimize it. Um, it can shrink it. Um, you know, the same thing is with uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole medical thing, but anyways, it focuses on that focuses on how oil these oils can be used to help these children and it has like uh, three cases of what happened when I mean one's a baby 
Like they're giving the baby um, this marijuana oil because, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's very interesting. And it is true. It's not bullshit. It's not it's not propaganda. It's, you know, because a lot of people think, oh, marijuana, you know, people get high. You still get high off of it, but it does serve a lot of medical purposes. Yeah, there was um, a series like uh, I don't know if it was a web series or something where they were interviewing, you know, these these types of uh, cases as well. So it's it's super yeah. interesting once you start looking into it all. Yeah, and it, it's it's um, but this, yeah, it's 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 decent. Um, okay. I'm trying not to think of like the Q and A and like the persona of the people like outside of the movie when they started speaking. I was like, oh no, like this is <laughs> it feels, I don't know, it felt weird. Anyways, um, uh, next up was number thirty-seven. Uh, we the people was directed by a female too. Uh, number thirty-seven. Um, another female directed from South Africa, actually. Um, it is a take on Alfred Hitchcock's rear window, um, but with gangsters. Um, it's fine. It's okay. I don't know how you're going to get that movie released and people to see it though. It's, it's weird because it's another play on a very similar movie that we've seen over and over again, but just, told in kind of the back alley drug world. You know, what's um, funny. I was thinking about this, uh, earlier, like, cause the, the bear with me here, side trail, rabbit trail here a little bit, but, um, with video games, it happens all the time. Every new video game is a reiteration of some other video game. For example, like far cry five is a reiteration of like just cause three and, uh, you know, Tom Clancy, whatever the newest Tom Clancy video game was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just with its own little, like every new video game that comes out is some reiteration of some previous video game. Like there's nothing original yeah, good idea, there anymore, yeah. but those keep getting pumped out and making a shit ton of money. You do it in a movie and of course people are going to talk about it in, and it may or may not do well depending on, you know, who's releasing it and how they sell it. <laughs> right. But it's like, you know, how many times has the, you know, even the best movie that has ever uh, kind of replicated, um, rear window is disturbia. Yeah. With Shia LaBeouf. Like that's a, I think that's a very, very solid movie. And let's not overlook I, abominable. Oh shit. Yeah. Too. Yeah. That's true. So, I mean, just another thing, but just told with a, you know, a drug spin. Gangsters. Right. Okay. It's fine. Um, next up was uh, favorite movie of the fest, my favorite movie of the year uh, so far, uh, Hereditary. Um, all right. So don't watch the trailer. Okay. Um, I had a really <laughs> good time with the Q&A. Elijah Wood hosted the Q&A, actually, oh, nice. on this cool. one. Um the Q and a made me even enjoy it more. Cause I kind of got, you kind of get in the head of the director. Mm-hmm. Um, the director doesn't even look at it as a horror film, which is kind of mind numbing to me, but he understands why, but a lot of, uh, movies, a lot of, a lot of horror films inspired, um, uh, hereditary. Mm-hmm. So hereditary is about, whew, it's a family drama. Um, you know what? I'm not even going to say the plot because there's no point. Hereditary <laughs> is ordinary people. Okay. The, the movie ordinary people. Get me, get my ass in the, th- in, into the seat, Brad, sell me on this without telling me the plot. It's 
Ordinary People, the movie, meets The Shining. Okay. Um, containing some of the scariest moments in cinematic history. Three that I know of but that, that are iconic. It creates an iconic noise, kind of like how uh, you know The Grudge did yeah. in certain uh, – kind of that the, – the noise in the ring – yeah, that you hear that 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 eerie sound like that uh, whistle. Um, you know, it, it still gets under your skin when you even think about Dude, it. Dude, like, once you I said mean, the creepy. grudge, I freaking heard it. <laughs> yeah, well, that creates it creates oh, iconic God. sound. It it has some of the most horrifying scenes, like scary, legitimate scenes. Like I, I was nervous. Yeah, but this isn't like a movie. ghost story or anything like that. This is kind of real uh, life slice of, slice I, of life stuff or? i can't even okay i i don't want to go there okay all right i'll i'll tell you what though it's fucking terrifying <laughs> um and when the director said i don't look at it as a horror film it's like did you watch the last 20 minutes of your movie because <laughs> that is pure terror um there's there's just one there's one scene when it was happening in, in the film um you know theater is packed we're all pumped it's a drama. It's a two hours and like 15 minute movie, but it just, it captivates you. And it's like, I'm so nervous, but I don't know why. And it's got so many like mini creepy moments and so much buildup and so much tension. Tony, if Tony Collette doesn't win best actress at an Oscar in this movie, there's something wrong with the Academy. She, <laughs> she puts out the best performance I've ever seen in my life. She is am- fucking amazing in this, like to the point where it shakes your bones because of how she is and how like she like everybody grabs you in this film. It's uh, the, the, the guy that plays the friend and my friend Dahmer and the and the lead in uh, Death Note mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. He's plays the older brother. Uh, Gabriel Byrne is in it. Um, he plays the dad. It's just everything about this movie is absolutely terrifying uh the score is chilling um just everything about it i mean this movie scared me and i'm desensitized nothing scares me (laughs) and this movie had me nervous as shit um but one scene in particular the theater was full and something's going on on the screen and i've never heard an audience so loud and cringing like they were legitimately frightened to the point where they were like almost screaming because the scene, like it's such a long scene too. It's, it's terrifying how long it goes on. Um, but like the audience was just so fucking loud, like to the point where they're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And it's like, Oh my God, you're right. Oh my God. Like what the fuck is happening? Like, why is this so fucking scary? Um, but yeah, just, just all around, just amazing well done shot well uh, it's it, it looks great it sounds great um so so good um but anyways so, such a such a great movie um awesome. so d- d- definitely definitely see it um next up is prospect uh this won the audience award i believe it won like best of the fest or whatever uh ashley really uh enjoyed this movie I 
did not enjoy it. Oh, uh, I think I think you will. Um, it's lo-fi space movie, lo-fi okay. science fiction, I guess. It's um, uh, father and daughter are minors looking for this certain substance that's on the ground or under the ground and it takes it's kind of like a mining process and um they get a hint that there's a lot of it on this planet and uh they land but they crash land and um they meet a couple of people that uh aren't good that want it and they don't know where it is but they know that they can mine it for them and it kind of gets a little crazy. Uh, it's fine. My problem with the movie that I have is that I, I feel that there's really not a great script behind it. Hmm. Um, you don't like any, I didn't like any of the characters. I didn't care about any of the characters it has a great little plot idea, but it just doesn't execute it to its fullest. I felt, I felt the movie was boring. It sounds good. It looks good. All all the cards are perfect aside from the script. I think it's really bad. So I couldn't get on board. I just didn't feel it. Um, but anyways, moving along. Uh, next up is Chef Flynn, a, uh, a documentary um, about this kid who opened up, like he started cooking like when he was little, but he was like really good. And then they open up the house kind of like a once a month restaurant and just fo- kind of follows him until his like big break into like New York city working for like five star restaurants. And he's like 18. Uh, the kid's not likable cause he's an asshole cause <laughs> he knows like he's a good chef. Um, he treats his mother like shit, but the mom's like kind of crazy, but they like love each other. It's weird. And it's 60 minutes, easy watch, um, but it's not the greatest. Um, next up was Support the Girls. Uh, this movie was probably put in South by because it was filmed in Austin. Um, you know what? I take that back. I don't consider Friday's Child the worst. You know, Friday's Child was shot in Austin, too. That's another funny thing. Um, which makes sense why you're, you know, you fest that. You know, if you submit your movie from from the city that you live in and filmed or that you filmed in, it gets into a fest. It makes sense. But it turns out both of the, the worst movies I saw were the ones that were shot in Austin. Uh, support <laughs> the girls. Like, it's kind of hard to believe that it was in South by because it serves no purpose. Like, it's just. Hey, I'm not even going to talk about it. It's not good. Um, next up is uh, Olivia. I think Olivia Munn. Is that her name? Uh, in a movie called Vigilante, directed, I believe this is directed by a female too. Um, a different take kind of on revenge. She is uh, kind of a beaten up housewife um, who is revenge for hire, but not like revenge in that. She'll just come to the house and beat the shit out of the husband and say, you give her this and then you never talk to her again. Um, and so you have that one narrative working with another uh, kind of a parallel story of her past of why she's like this. Um, it's not an action movie. It's very toned down. Uh, 
dealing with. That's why I said it's 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 a different take on revenge. It's like if you're expecting like John Wick atomic blonde stuff, you're not going to get that. Um, it's just very toned down uh, revenge movie. Um, next up was Bluebird and My Heart uh, about a ex-convict who is released on kind of uh, house arrest who gets a job um, at a local or he he gets a little apartment and then he finds work through the woman that owns the apartment to kind of fix up uh, you know the place finds a job at a kitchen uh, friends the young girl who gets into some trouble and then um, she kind of looks at him like a father figure he steps in to save the day that type of thing and they develop kind of this friendship uh but also awkward because she's young um so there's that kind of it doesn't ever cross the line mm-hmm. in that sense but it just uh it's one of the kind of like uh, subplots to the movie um it's fine it's 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 good it's 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 uh well directed i will say that um but that's it um Next up was right. how many more do you two have? More. Good sir. Okay, cool. Two more. Um, next up is Thunder Road. Uh, or actually, you know what? Thunder Road won the audience award. Thunder Road's great. It's written directed by the guy who stars in it. Can't think of his name, but it's just an awkward comedy drama. Um, it's a cop who recently loses his mother, whose life is kind of falling apart. Um, just a very likable guy who just can't make things work. Really funny. <laughs> and last but not least was, um, it was weird how they presented the movie cause it was an untitled movie. But when I read uh-huh. the plot, I was like, this is unfriended part two. It sounds like what the fuck. <laughs> and it turned out to be unfriended too. Um, it was originally called unfriended Two game night, but then they changed it because the game night's out and they changed it to, uh, unfriended Two dark web. Um, really fucking good. I loved Unfriended, the first one, um, but they take the supernatural element completely out of this movie, and it's basically some friends. Uh, this guy has a computer that he recently bought. He finds some files on it during a game night with his friends on Skype, and he starts sharing the screen so they can see, and they get into some crazy shit um it's fucking scary man it's really really good it's it's weird that a movie i said this about the original unfriended as well it's it's hard to believe that a movie that takes place on a computer screen can be that compelling um and it is it's it's even better it's way better than unfriended what was the one with um it's very much like that what you're about to say it's the it's it's almost it takes elements of the den no, not the den. Isn't there one with oh. Elijah Wood and um, open windows? Open open windows. Yeah, right. That's, that's not good. That's yeah. taking place like through people's screens yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, you actually I like, see I like this, that idea, you, but um, yeah, this is you see the guy, the lead guy's computer screen, kind of like it's the exact same thing as Unfriended. Okay. The I've never seen Unfriended because the whole concept, I'm like, ugh, I don't even know if I have the patience Dude, for it's, that. Dude, it's good. It's good. But dark, okay. dark web. It was weird because after the first screening, I was like, man, people are going to shit over this found footage uh, Unfriended sequel. And like people that I know that hate this type of thing came out yeah. and were like, 
yeah, and Friend of Two is like really good. And I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, dude, it's like legit good. And I'm like, okay. And I go on to the next person, and it's like, hey, you see Unfriended 2? Oh, dude, it's so good. And I'm like, is people – like, what's going on? This is like, a movie that I expected – staring at just a computer screen? Yeah. Like I'm on Skype with you right now. Yeah. Like I'm looking at all my little windows and stuff. You're just looking at that, and they Skype and you're back looking, and forth with yeah, people. You're and, looking at if someone is sharing the screen with you. Like if you're in IT ever, and they share a screen. Okay. And you just see the lead actor's screen. So you see all the window, like the windows pop up with Skype of right. people talking, but you solely see their screen. Gosh. That's the mean, entire movie. <laughs> ah, I hate that idea. Like so Dude, much, but it works. It's, it's so good. Unfriended 2 <laughs> I hate is that so idea good. so much. It's crazy how good Unfriended 2 is. Like it shouldn't That's be that funny. good. Okay. But it is. Um, I, 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 like I said, I like the original Unfriended. Yeah, but it's a supernatural movie. But they they take the supernatural element out of the sequel. Not no relation. It's not really a sequel. Yeah, it's just it's another story. The the, pre- the presentation of it told really. as the original was, yeah. like okay. through this game night with Skype <laughs> with these friends. All right, all right, man. I'll, I'll, Dude, it's I'm legit give it a shot good, just for man. you. Just for it's you, Brad. So it's so good. But okay. anyways, that's it. That's South by. Very nice, man. Wow. And so, so many movies. I wanted to ask you, like, I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, how many movies do you watch per day when you go to these fests? Because you kind of drop off the face of the earth in a sense from like, <laughs> like me texting you. Like normally we text back and forth and stuff. Like when you go to these festivals, you drop off the map other than your kind of mini reviews of what you're watching and what you've seen will pop up on your feed. But other than that, like, I don't hear like from you at all. Yeah, I, um, I, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like I, I, I send like texts like to family and I mean, I think I text you a couple times. I'm alive. But, I'm alive. But, I had um, a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the tweets that I usually send out are uh, only tweets that I enjoyed the movie immensely. Right. I don't tweet about everything cause I don't want to do really negative, uh, you know, because people that are like companies see that, and like I'm not one to be like, oh, this movie sucked. I I want everybody to know it sucked. I'm not that type of person. So I usually don't talk about films negatively when they're pre distribution. Like right. once it's released, and yeah. I do it on the I do it on the show because I mean, fucking Magnolia and uh, Magnet and you know IFC is not listening to this show. So I, I can say whatever I want. Um, but I publicly don't want to put it on a public platform because people search, you know, that's why they click on South by like companies do that. You know, that's what they look for. And I don't want to negatively impact a movie from distribution. Cause I, I think every movie needs to be distributed. Yeah. Uh, whether it's good or not is a different thing. I'm glad you're able to get all these watched and report on them. Uh, I'm glad that you're, like I said, on episodes, uh, nine and ten of the of the SOV POD were able to get those in, uh, but we missed you here. We're glad to have you back. No, I will. I will be back. Yes. Are you into super secret societies? Are you into pentagrams and candles and secret chants and nude women? And wait a minute, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, let's back up. Do you like cool super secret shit? If you do, maybe you want to become a member of Club Scum. It's our exclusive 
Patreon. It's two bucks a month. You get 20% off all Screamcast merchandise over at the Screaming Pods store. You get access to exclusive Club Scum members only bonus podcasts, especially uh, the one that's going on right now that I got going called Sean's Stack. You'll be eligible for surprise drawings, some cool shit, and all around, you know, you'll be a part of this cool, super secret society that you don't have to leave your house. You don't have to go trudging through the forest, wearing a cloak, with a Ouija board, carrying all the candles. You don't have to do all that. You can just go to thescreamcast.com, click on Club Scum, sign up, two bucks a month. You get an awesome, exclusive membership card that may or may not summon awesome demons. If you haven't signed up for Club Scum, you're missing out. Do it today. Mike Delaney tweeted out that the next SOVPOD will be out on the 9th. Monday, the 9th. You're listening to this episode uh, probably midweek, the first week of April. So I want to thank all of you guys for for listening. Please, as always, check out all the other great shows over at ScreamingPods.com. I have capped off the shows at 16 shows. So some shows produce more than others. Um, and now I'm kind of in like development mode of the network. I'm going to kind of see how each show is performing and kind of, you know, I know it's, it's very interesting experiment for me. So now I'm kind of like moved from gathering shows into more of like, I don't know, nurturing a little bit, I guess you can say the shows that may need it or, or whatever, and hopefully get people listening to those shows even more and, and building those audiences. So I had to cop off, I had to cap off the shows, uh, bringing on shows. I've had so many requests lately, especially, especially from a few like really cool horror shows. And, uh, I've sent nice replies back and, um, kind of gauging on all the emails I get from people. I'm probably going to s- create some sort of contact form specifically for requests. And that way, if you have a show and you want to be considered for screamingpods.com, you'd kind of go into an email folder or something that I'll be able to build things. But I'm, it, the interest has really blown me away of shows kind of dropping me a line and wanting to be a part of it. So that, you know, that's cool. Well, thank everyone for the interest. And, and I'm not like, I'm not, uh, I am open to building up the network. It's just, I need to cap it off and kind of, you know, nurture it a bit. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying, Brad? Gotta, you know, I get which I, I pick up what you're laying down, picking it, picking it up. But, um, so that's been really cool. So check that out. Um, it's a nice little variety, I think. As always, you can find us over at thescreamcast.com. You can find uh, the Screamcast there. You can find episodes of the Sovpod and ex- episodes of Xenopod. Uh, a new Xenopod from the year 5000 is coming very soon with special guest Tom Nix. So I'm very excited to get that one out for everybody. Please Give some wet, sloppy love to our sponsors. Buy Vinegar Syndrome Blu-rays. Give them some loving. We should be. Uh, we'll have a new Vinegar Syndrome episode probably later on this month. I, I imagine we'll be getting to that. Um, Coffee Shop of Horrors. Use the code Screamcast. Get ten percent off your order there. Uh, of course, if you're looking to buy movies, go to grindhousevideo.com and check there first. They're really good about taking pre-orders. They package things up lovingly, 
and they actually most of the time if you do a pre-order you're going to get it a week or two before every other every other store um starts sending them out big thank you to wolfman of mars for letting us use their music and a huge thank you to kevin spencer for designing our artwork that's going to do it for this episode uh rate and review on itunes and all that bullshit or wherever you listen to stitcher.com you can rate us and review us over on google play i don't know there's tons of places you can listen check those out we'll talk to all of you guys next time where will we cut where we will be covering brad's favorite movie of all time class of 1999 tune in and hear brad orgasm throughout the show yes (laughs) talk to all of you next time bye see ya Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun.